stars of this one. And they absolutely are. And speaking of the stars of the episode, we are here today um, covering Survivor Northwestern. We are live reality games, so thank you for tuning in tonight, and thank you for sitting down, watching this on the go while you're exercising, wherever you do, because we are streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that little ring notification so you're reminded to uh, take the time and watch these or watch them later on anywhere you find podcasts. Um, like I said, uh, we are covering Survivor Northwestern, one of the college survivors in the realm of live reality games. We are joined tonight by two of the players of this first inaugural season and one of our newest podcasters to grace our stage at live reality games for the first time I was corrected by saying. So we are joined tonight by Aaron, alum of Survivor Michigan. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you for letting me join the LRG crew. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm obviously a huge College Survivor fan. Um, you know, I played and I'm a huge fan now. Loving everything that I've seen from Northwestern so far. And I'm excited to be covering this show. As like Carson said earlier, Aaron, you're pretty much a queen on the, <laughs> the, the Survivor scene here, aren't you? Like... Correct me if I'm wrong, like season two or season three, season five? What season again? Season three. Season oh, three. okay. This is That's, me fishing for information, folks. I, I know. not yet released, and I've been Mom trying to work on Mom is on season it. five. I don't know a single soul. Well, there's one confirmed person on season five. Don't know anybody past that. Who's to say who those silhouettes look like? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we did get to sit down with uh, Matthew Carson. Carson. We have Carson here tonight. We have Matthew, Cooper, and Ian last week for our Survivor recap. So uh, they were very tight-lipped as well. Everything I tried didn't work. So Aaron, nice job. Uh, speaking of Carson, though, we do have a comment come in. So we have a fan <laughs> in the audience for Carson tonight. Hi, Vasilia. Hi, Vasilia. Hi, Vasilia. And then um, a fan of Aaron as ah. well. So, <laughs> that. so I guess we'll turn to, we went from the queen and to the king now. Carson, how are you tonight? Um, <laughs> It's taken me a couple of days to recover from Thursday night's episode, if mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. But tonight I am doing quite well. And for those uh, not quite up to speed yet on Survivor Northwestern, we will have spoilers throughout this episode. We're going to try to start our best on episode one and kind of work all the way to episode four. There's a lot to cover tonight. Yes. Um, and helping us out on this journey tonight, we're joined by also castmate, not Paya, but Matt tonight. So, Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and appreciate any coverage for our season. So, I love to talk about Survivor, so I'm happy to talk about my experience and hopefully fill in some of that gap um, that we will see later. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're going to try to cover as much as we can tonight. But of course, um, your friend Vasilla is still, hey, Matt and <laughs> Aaron, what a squad. <laughs> You're missing Amazing. one. I'm waiting for that comment, Vasilla. But it's all right. <laughs> we'll get there later. Um, so Survivor Northwestern um, started the season you all start with a ton of people in a cast right. um, and they have this huge twist. Um, Aaron, they start with pairs. What did you think about that starting in pairs as a twist? Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting concept. I think it would be 
personally, the way that I thought that it was going to work out was that kind of it would form the tribes that way. Mm -hmm. Was that like the losing pairs would become one tribe and the winning pairs would become another tribe. But what they did instead was they, yeah, they just kind of had, they didn't become the tribes. They just had them, certain pairs go to tribal and certain pairs did not go to tribal. And then we also had Jake and Kayla who were exiled because they weren't part of a group that participated in the challenge, um, which was really interesting. Yeah, like they, added added they were like the last team uh, chosen, probably out of random or scheduling. Um, there we go. There's that comment. Hold on. We'll put it on screen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Matt, do you know what the reasoning was? Like why they chose that order of pairs to go? Yeah. So I think Chase picked them all out of a hat. Um, and then the last pair to get picked was the last pair scheduled, which became the exile pair of Jake and Kayla. Um, but at least from our perspective, we all were really frustrated that a pair got to skip the challenge. So there was definitely some animosity towards them. Uh, Carson, same thoughts for your side of the thing? I was less bummed out because I was immune the first week, but I was happy to feed into that energy constantly. <laughs> uh, now speaking of that first challenge, one of my favorite systems in the whole universe, the Dewey Decimal. <laughs> Um, having worked at the libraries for many, many, many years, um, I got to know the Dewey Decimal very well. Erin, are you a big fan of Dewey? Um, I can't say that I have a lot of experience with the Dewey. <laughs> okay. Um, not a big library girl, personally, but I respect I respect it as a system. But this mm -hmm. probably you probably would have beat me in this challenge. Uh, there's a lot of running, kind of a little bit of confusion from some folks. Um, Matt, how do you think? Yeah. <laughs> a little confusion by throwing books off the shelf, stealing people's cards and stickers or whatnot. Uh, Matt, how did that all go down for you? Yeah, so um, I was obviously in the same group as Carson, who had Ashley. And <laughs> now I, I have very strong opinions about Ashley that will come out progressively throughout the season. Um, but speaking as of the first challenge, she moved books and hid them from us. Like she, she was definitely not am trying to be amicable and i i mean i think that's something that kind of came across but didn't fully come across was just how much like she was just making herself into a heel the first day of survivor and i i mean at the start when you have someone who you can pile on to you kind of pile on to them and so at least it felt natural to just be like oh my god she said she wanted to blindside us as the first words out of her mouth are you kidding me like I don't know. It's easy enough, but yes, I I had a fun time in the challenge. Obviously, it didn't go that well, but it was tough. Mm -hmm. It was probably I'm nice not... getting to explore the library for a change. You're like, hey, yeah. I never knew this was on campus. We got books here? Whoa. Matt, I have a confession to make. I was the one moving the books. <gasps> if once <laughs> Time and time again, Carson blindsides me and I get left in the residual of his consequences listen when you sign up to play survivor you sign up to play with people like me who are going to take every opportunity that they can get and every advantage and uh i'm sorry matt you were just the uh the other person in my in my group for that and time. all the better if you can blame it on your on your partner well i'm just like, I'm like ashley anyways then i don't know what's the harm <laughs> 
Uh, now, this has been a few years since you've been hiding this, Carson. Does that feel good to have this off your chest? <laughs> I, you know, it, it really does. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I thought I told you that already, so I apologize. Um, but you made it through the first Tribal Council. Light spoilers there, so uh, hopefully it's all water under the bridge at this point. That's for uh, sure. Now, speaking of water under the bridge, you and Ashley were kind of a little rough at first. That was the <laughs> one person you didn't want to be with. One right. of my favorite just screen caps is Carson just glaring at Ashley from behind her back like when the partners are announced. It is so funny. Here's what I'll say. When the cast list was released a couple of weeks before the first challenge, I, like any good Survivor player, Facebook stopped every single person on the cast. And you can get a lot of energy from somebody through that process. And I did not think that I would vibe with Ashley. Um, and when I met her, as I said in the episode, uh, it confirmed that energy for me. And I was not particularly excited in that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but eventually we get to see you all like work together. Like Ashley has a high regard for you, thinking to always vote for you. Now, Ashley kind of went off the radar, per se, for a lot of episodes. We <laughs> finally see her back uh, right at the end of like episode four. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Ashley. Right. How did we miss Ashley? Uh, was she just more quieter, or was she just not mad? Is not a word she, she was in Georgia. Um, oh, the second week of the game, she flew away to Georgia for the weekend. Um, and so part of the reason you don't really see her is because she physically wasn't there. Um, for a lot of it. And so that also, once again, rubbed people the wrong way, kind of. The um, the other thing is, Ashley was not a huge Survivor fan coming into this game. She didn't have a super strong like strategy focus. Um, I'm not really sure what her main goal was. I think it was just to make friends and, and meet people. Um, and blindside people. Was, and blindside people. That was the one thing she knew that she was going to get to do. Um, but yeah, she she didn't come in uh, planning to talk strategy. Um, she came came in planning to make friends and seemed happy enough to be friends with me and to vote where I wanted to. And so um, I was not encouraging her to talk strategy with other people because um, I wanted to be the only person that was influencing her vote. Well, you in general wanted that out of a lot of people. You're spot on with that. Uh, you mentioned your ability to Facebook stock. Um, you said the cast release was released a few weeks earlier before you actually started playing. Aaron, was this similar to how Michigan ran? Uh, we're seeing this as like a first season of Northwestern. So by now, things probably have changed differently. But uh, was this something you saw in Michigan? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, not until... Uh, season five, I guess, was there a lot of speculation about who the cast was going to be? Um, and I guess there was some in season four. Some of our returnees definitely capitalized on if production was friending new contestants on Facebook, they would check that out. But we don't release the cast to the cast prior to the first day. We want everybody fresh, meeting each other there, um, just to so that there's no preconceived notions really or as limited as possible. We also try not to cast people that like know each other as that often. And if we do like not too many in a season, like, you know, you're gonna get 
the roommates, although I don't think George Jane did not know that the Alexes were roommates when they were cast on season one. So we do try to avoid things like that. Um, and yeah, the less that people know about each other, the better on day one. So I think that did introduce, you know, we got a whole pregame alliance out of it for Northwestern, which is, yeah, crazy and continues to capitalize throughout the game. Yeah, absolutely. This alliance is kind of what we're looking at now. Right. So, um, so this pregame, this illegal eight, as they're known by, um, this was kind of who's doing Carson's. Oh, really? I will say the conspiracy goes deeper than what we have seen because I didn't I didn't plan on creating a mega alliance before the game started. That was not my plan. But I did plan to walk in with friends. And the reason that I knew so many people on the very first day and that were on the cast list is because I was handing the application to people in my circles constantly. I think I gave it to you, Matt. You did. I gave it oh. to Sammy. I gave it to um, uh, Paya. Uh, and I spoke constantly about the application with Amos all months, months before the cast was even finalized. Um, so I would have been lined up no matter which situation uh, came to fruition. But the fact that we were in, in partners... And the fact that we had an opportunity to meet um, beforehand did not hurt uh, my chances of making it uh, through the first vote in any capacity. No, it made sense to, I mean, if the information's there, and of course I know this is probably learning experience for production and everything, but yes. you, if the information is there, you might as well capitalize on it. Right, yeah. So said. Um, to paint a fuller picture. So Carson told me about it in September. Um, then reminded me about it in October. I finally got around to apply in November, got, um, did my interview with Chase in December, and then became an alternate for the season, um, to which I made it on the final cast on like the last day, um, because a fifth year PhD student actually dropped out. Um, and Carson had our basically the way that we found out the cast list was that he had sent a group email with the survivor syllabus, which became the clue with the stair counting hint um, and just other rules to the game. And that just was sent on a big email to everyone at the same time. And so you obviously had everyone's email address, but even like Carson was saying that without that, um, by proxy of just like talking and, and finding out through people we know, we knew about half the cast before we even got that. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy to think. Um, I just was looking up numbers. Like we see uh, Survivor Boston, uh, Emerson College has a student population of about like 4,500 people. Uh, Michigan, Aaron, um, you're looking at like 500,000 people, right? Yep. Uh -huh. Well, <laughs> that's, that's quite an <laughs> but it's a, definitely a huge pool. I think we have about each class, if you include um like grad students phd students our classes are about six thousand each mm -hmm. so we're looking at yeah probably around fifty thousand not quite five hundred thousand but yeah. probably around fifty and then uh you folks are kind of in the middle you're at like twenty one thousand uh google is telling me so mm -hmm. was the first season really like um a starting base like future seasons a lot more like different varied people i would say that um, the future seasons will not 
receive any inclinations of who's on the cast beforehand. And uh, there was a real concentrated effort to pull from different areas. Something else that's worth mentioning is that the entire first season was run by Chase Reed. And so all the publishing was done by Chase Reed. Which is um, amazing. And so not only were you only reaching Northwestern's population, you were only reaching probably two degrees of, uh, of, of Chase Reed. away from Chase Reed because his you know, Facebook post would go to one person, one person might repost it. And and so it, it was like not a very large pool to be pulling from. Um, and and so that's that's a big reason why there were a, a lot of, of previous connections. Uh, speaking of those previous connections, um, some folks that didn't have any um, were literally kind of bummed. Like a lot of my favorites got voted out early. Erin, did you feel the same way? Yes. Yeah, I really did. I connect so hard to like just innocent little freshmen. Like I just feel such a, such a, like, I just want to nurture them. And I really felt that Nathan and Peyton. And I was like, I just, the saddest thing ever is when you like give us like you give a quote to your school newspaper saying I don't want to go out first and then they vote you out first like uh, you cannot get sadder than that mm -hmm. uh but what's the good part about this um I do think we found Peyton's long lost twin from Survivor Michigan I'm just saying <laughs> They look strikingly similar. I don't, and they got the same earrings and everything. I mean, uh, Peyton's hair is just a little bit lighter, but regardless, like twins, I think. Camila and Peyton, we found each other. So, yeah, this, the mounds are the exact same. <laughs> like dead, dead on. It's terrifying. The uh, only thing that Nathan was able to, to, I guess Nathan doesn't know, was able to find uh, throughout this experience was was a potential love interest, actually. There was, there oh. was, there was oh. someone else on our cast um, that was deeply, madly in love. I'm, I'm overstating it. Um, um, it actually, yeah, it, it did. And we almost got them to confess their love to Nathan, um, but they got embarrassed at the last second and didn't do it. And they did the exact opposite. And voted oh. him out. I'm talking about Kylie Boyd. <laughs> The truth comes out, folks. The truth comes out. <laughs> oh my god. Kylie, why did you like back down from that? You should have stuck up a little harder. Like Can you can you imagine what points that would get you with like a potential love interest of like I just saved your life in this mm -hmm. game? I the mean, least you can do is go on a date with me. It's a compelling argument. Well, Kylie was the one that was campaigning for Nathan and Peyton, perhaps the hardest because she was also in trouble. Um, but she is the one that notoriously mentioned his quote in the Yeah, she had the meanest voting confessional for him too. <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, if you're interested in somebody, you pick on them. And I think, Kylie, that was just a little bit over the top there. <laughs> little bit. Oh my goodness. Um, also, speaking of this first episode, even though um, Nathan does find a potential love interest or missed out on that, uh, we do see Gus find his rock, though. I think that was a really, like, particular moment for me. Um, having played, like, live games um, out in the woods, I figure, oh, look at the spoon. Maybe the clue just, like, fell off it, and this is really, like, the shiny rock I need for immunity or something. Mm -hmm. um, so... 
props to Gus, and we see that rock come up later too, which is really like touching. So that's true. My <laughs> favorite thing. Oh, my one of my favorite things about College Survivor, like when it's an all newbie season, you gotta know that there's gonna be a note with an idol. But every single season, like people just get so excited, and you're like, well, this could be it. <laughs> zero indication that it's actually an idol. A random thing always becomes an idol every College Survivor season, and I think that's the funniest thing. Yeah, I, well, sorry. Um, truly, while hunting that night, it was miserable. Like, truly just dreadful out. There were probably, like, four inches of snow piling up. I think Carson said that, like, four inches of snow had blown onto his boots while he was walking on the lake, Phil. Um, and so, like... Honestly, I can't really fault Gus all that much because if, I mean, I came away with nothing from that same idol hunt, but I would have really settled for anything a rock maybe even included just because it was so gross out. A little bit of a souvenir. And that shows actually an aspect of Northwestern that I like to see. I, You folks really like dug deep and you went out in that snowstorm and whatnot. I would have not attempted that near anything. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Snow was is not my friend. A lot of people on the cast went too. It was it was a, a, a large portion of the cast that went out hunting that night. Um, not everyone got seen, and so it was it was fun. You would always you'd bump into people, but it wouldn't be super dramatic, and not all of that made the final cut. Uh, you bumped into something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did, I did. So it was it was a little bit uh, confusing, but there were actually two idols hidden at the beginning of the game. Um, one was released first, and the second one was released the next day. Um, and since the first one was not found the first night, they were both out there. Um, the second clue spoke to me. I knew where it would be on campus. I, um, I actually did not plan on hunting with Amos. Uh, I ran into him a little bit earlier in my hunting uh, session while I was on my way. And since we were already allies, I figured I'd let him come with me and I was in a rush. Um, and so we headed on over to the reeds and Amos was the one that actually found the idol before we bumped into very foolishly another contestant. Again, Josh Pelberg, who was not a member of the Illegal Eight and was already catching some bad looks from other people in the past. Man, uh, you all who found the idol just ran into people at the wrong spot. <laughs> like this campus is, like I said, like not quite as big as Michigan, maybe half no. the size, but still like. You're on the sidewalk, you run into someone, you're in a bathroom, somebody walks in. That's not Allison's fault. The the second idol discovery in the bathroom, that was that was bad luck. My idol discovery was terribly poor judgment. Um, and a mistake that I I wish had not happened. I think either one of them, like you just should not open that in public. Like, that is just a poor decision. You get a bag. You're like, I think this is an idol. You should go home. You should go home, lock every single door, every single path on your way in, and then open it up. And I get it. Like, you're excited. You're like, oh, I just found something. Like, I get it. I've been there. But, you know, you need to be conscious of, like, this is a college campus. Anybody can just walk up on me at any time, even in the bathroom. You're never safe. It's like a zombie apocalypse, but with Survivor contestants. Uh, very true. And the one people, the two people that didn't get anything, you all thought they did. Uh, poor people <laughs> on Exile, Jake and Kayla. Uh, Matt, when did those rumors start going? Like, Yeah, so I, I am actually, I think, um, 
rumor sent rumor hub central for this um <laughs> meaning that i walked right up to chase to get my clue right when they became available um and i think i got beat by jake and kayla by like 15 to 20 seconds or something and so jake and kayla were talking with chase in the basement of our student center um being all buddy buddy and then took the clue and left and i was like well how does chase know jake and kayla like he like it looks like he's genuinely friends with them and so then through that rumors started to spread about them knowing each other and becoming friends and then progressively over the course of the day the hysteria only grew um i talked i think in a confessional that made the show about how i saw a lump in the middle of jake's sweatshirt pockets and he had pants pockets and so there's nothing in his pants pockets so why would you keep something in your sweatshirt pocket and so truly i, I mean i'll take the blame for it because i think i'm responsible for a lot of it in the long run but for jake at least it's kind of like i i did start a lot of that rumor it makes sense you know i i see the logic of it especially if you want to spin something you know might as well throw two cents out there and maybe something will catch so nice job yeah and it if everyone's paranoid enough you can kind of get away with anything truly i i couldn't believe how lucky amos and i got that just six hours later half of the class was convinced that the item <laughs> was in somebody else's hands who i was more than happy to vote out because they weren't in my alliance it was perfect. It was it was about as good as uh, it could have gone, except for the unfortunate um, mistake on my part. Honestly, what's crazy is I, Josh didn't even tell anyone. No, he didn't. Like really didn't. you, I think you got lucky that it was Josh that walked up on you guys, mm -hmm. somebody who didn't really have any other allies. Right. And so he's like, he sees you with that, and he's like, oh hey, now we're allies. Right. And now and he has his people, and if he didn't have any before, now you have an extra number. And I, I, for that, um, in that vein, I, I wanted to, uh, protect Josh for at least the next foreseeable future. Um, and I did my best to, uh, for the next, <laughs> next year as well. I, I did not, um, <laughs> I, I actively tried to undermine his game from before it even started. Um, <laughs> truly. No, I, I say this in a confessional and part of it made the show, but basically I was good friends with Josh before the season. And I thought that anyone who I knew and was like really close to specifically him um could drag me down with him and so i went up to paya and so paya's roommate from the year before dated my friend who's also josh's friend and so i planted the seed that josh my friend J josh helberg's friend um wanted josh to go for paya as a result of them having a bad breakup um <laughs> and so then basically paya came into the game from the illegal eight meeting thinking that Josh was gunning for her. And so once you get the confirmation bias in it, kind of, um, you can kind of make anything work. And I think Josh actually might've told me or hinted to me, he never actually told me that he had an idol, but I think I knew that he had the clue um, at least. But yeah, basically all the people Josh was surrounded with did not feel like saving him or push that hard to save him. I, I feel like Carson, you kind of like have a strong gameplay with everybody around you. And then Matt, you're taking this to a whole different degree. You're like telling the grocery store worker who hopefully <laughs> Pia will Pia will meet. Um, and you told him you found the idol. So he sees her looking for it. So he will tell like this is like a whole 
whole different level. It's yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> he got out within two weeks, so it can't, like the payoff was really minimal. Um, but it was it was a fun moment where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's gone, and she doesn't like him as a result of that. Um, but speaking of Josh, who does leave, uh, we do see in this quick episode, we do, we talked about it a little bit earlier, Nathan and Peyton, uh, they leave very nice team, saddened by it from the audience. They did um, nothing wrong, um, at all. They were just playing with a couple of ruthless cheaters. Um, <laughs> just the illegal ain'ts first ruthless. victims. Yeah. Um, not a part of your victims is Katie, though. We see Katie leave. Um, Katie, uh, her fun fact that was she was in middle of rush, so I'm assuming she was probably busy with stuff, and it happens on college campuses. It does. Mm-hmm. So when you have 22 people, that's okay. <laughs> you know, you leave, you lose somebody to rush early in the season. It's not that big of a deal. But yes, rest uh, in peace, Katie. And then our exile team comes back. Um, they do get to pair off. I was thinking, and I thought that's how it worked in the beginning of the episode, that each team would then subsequently vote somebody else on their team. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they vote for somebody, then the next team, then the next team, then the next team, and the two remaining people are the ones to exile. But yeah. it was just a one, one swap. Yes. Um, And that was really crucial um, to the Illegal Eight's success because we had eight people in an alliance that we were trying to protect. And there were only, uh, gosh, 11, no, 10 pairs. 10 pairs after the first one. Because Katie had, had dropped out. So that means that we only had two people that were eligible to be voted out. Otherwise, this alliance was dead week two. Um, and one of the pairs was Josh and Greta and Josh and I had some form of a relationship and, uh, he, I, and so I wanted him to stick around. Um, the, the interesting twist of Jake and Kayla picking people is they were also sending a t- t- pair to exile. And so we did not want the, one of the two pairs that were eligible to be eliminated, to be on exile, they'd be safe. So we had to convince them to pick people that would leave them vulnerable. And it really was a team effort. Um, I got some of the credit for that in, in the episode, but we, we wanted them to pick anybody, literally anybody except a member of the Illegal Eight, because that would leave them a vulnerable pair to be eliminated at the next travel council. And we knew there was only one more week um, in duos. And so it was pretty crucial. And ultimately, um, one of them picked somebody that saved them. And one of them picked somebody that did not do them any favors, um, very unfortunately, because I think we all really liked Chris. Yeah, we all loved Chris. That's I what loved I was Chris gonna, too. He was, I was one gonna of the smartest people, say, I thought. So he was very aware of the bad position that he was immediately in, because um, he'd been listening to the rumors. Um, and so, yeah, he. Uh, that was just that was just a, a bad luck moment for Chris, honestly. Um, another challenge that I don't think I would have done well, you had to run in like snow and like the stuff. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I love a blindfold challenge. Oh, I and do too, but not in the snow. My gosh. I, it does definitely add a layer. And like in the, yeah, in the snow, in the dark, having to like see a long distance, you want 2020 vision. <laughs> and if you don't have it, then you're screwed. Yeah, you want to remember to bring your glasses too, I guess, right? That's right. <laughs> For me, it was just an immediate failure because I got out of the challenge and I was like, 
okay, I think I did really well. Like we did so, we we're totally going to be fine. I, we went so fast. Like, yeah, we lost to Josh and Greta, but um, like, I still think we might have a chance. And then immediately Chase just goes, okay, you guys are going to tribal. I'll see you. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. You didn't even give us any time. Like, yeah, you were the third worst pair. So I'll see you at tribal. I was like, okay, fine. Jeez. Oh no. No big suspense there for you. Erin, would you have been the caller or the runner? Oh, I would be the caller for sure. Yeah. That's just, it's in my nature. I'm very loud. I, oh. I just, I love yelling. I do have 2020 vision. So I think I would have been fine there. Um, you are made for that spot. Nice job. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The caller also did the puzzle, and Erin is a great puzzler. As that is also true. I love a good puzzle. I think it's the hard thing about this challenge for me is that like this and the previous one is that you don't really have a gauge on how the group as a whole is doing. So you don't really know how you yourself are doing. Like Matt said, he was like, I thought that we killed it, but you know, you're the third worst team. It's, and it's just, it's so hard because there's no, there's no pressure on you if you don't see other people doing better than you. And so maybe you're going to be a little more lax about it. And I feel like it changes your challenge performance if you're not doing it at the same time and seeing everybody else do it. Yeah, I think we saw most teams, what, lock in around like five minutes or so? I think so. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. And, and then we see one team lock in at what, like 15? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, who was that again? Oh gosh. Um, was that uh, Owen and Sammy, Matt? Yeah, I think so. I'm not certain I think that they does went from first right. to last they were the best team in the first challenge because yeah that sounds the library right and then they were the last team in the second challenge because only right. five only five pairs went to tribal council the second week that's five votes that's very slim um yeah. and so and I, I i know it wasn't a couple of the other pairs so i think i process of elimination did down to owen and sammy yeah i remember that owen uh did work at the public library he did say that, so mm-hmm. I can see that being uh, advantageous in the first round. Um, <laughs> not quite the second round. <laughs> not a whole lot of running in the snow when you work at the library. Um, another one of my favorites gets voted out here after that. Erin, um, did you have any more notes, anything before Tribal, I think? Not really. I think most of the episode really was the challenge and then kind of, yeah, the the coming back from exile, things like that. I think we've, we've covered it pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Kayla and Chris, uh, I was really rooting for Kayla. Like in the first draft, I was like, she would be one of my first draft picks. Just like her style, her presence. Like, Kayla, I hope to see you back later. I feel like she showed a lot of potential. Yeah, she definitely did. Where she was like starting to like strategically think. Um, she was really getting there. I don't know. I do have like an implicit bias against anybody who films themselves vertically. <laughs> also, also a early production flub that kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's it's notable anywhere you go, anywhere you go, you see the vertical. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she did show a lot of potential, and I think her, both her and Chris were just victims of yeah a pregame alliance that they tragically mm-hmm. were not a part of I, I don't think jake maybe had some great advice for her either um as like the big survivor fan so yeah. i think maybe like yeah it's okay maybe we'll see <laughs> kayla back 
there's a, there's two ways you can, you know, take it right. Cause it is heartbreaking to watch a couple of people go out with really not a lot of control over the situation and feels like they don't get a very good deal. There's two ways. One is, wow, this sucks. I'm going to stop watching. And the other is, wow, this sucks. Like, but somebody's going to survive this and I want to see how they do. Um, because there's going to be conflict later. Um, and we, there's just no way that there won't be because there's only so many people at final three. Mm -hmm. And so there's only one survivor. This is my question. We'll get to it later. Um, Dustin, but I'm curious, I'm curious. I'm not going to say whether Mm -hmm. someone from the illegal eight wins or someone from outside the illegal eight wins, but I'm curious which person that's still alive, that's still in the game, um, from outside the illegal eight, you think goes and gets the best placement. Sure. Um, Aaron, are you spoiled on the season? I am not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm coming in fresh. Carson did a very good job of not spilling anything to me. Matt, do you know how the season and I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I don't, which is a fun surprise. No, I'm kidding. Um, Obviously, I do. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear your opinions on this. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, before we get there, of course, we have a big episode to tackle. We have a few weeks that kind of um, get hung up in production a little bit. And then um, season five-ish really becomes episode three-ish. So um, we do see a few quick rounds go by. Um, It looks like, according to my notes, especially for this quick, um, it looks like the people that were sent to exile are now team captains. Um, How was that team captains? Because that's usually like a really big, like deciding order about who picks who and um, how it was chosen. Uh, Matt, can you talk us through like kind of how the tribes were divided at that point? Yeah, sure. So um, I think it was Charlotte and Peter who decided, right? Um, And so the big priority that we all had in our like big group chat, was keeping the illegal eight as strong as it could be, which means like trying to make as equitable divisions of individuals on the eight as possible, I believe. Um, And so Charlotte actually did a really great job of that, at least from my perspective, where I want the eight to succeed. Um, (laughs) She did a really great job of it because we ended up with a four, four split between the tribes, um, which left us in a really powerful position on both, um, which you'll see in the next segment, I guess. Absolutely. And then Carson, that was kind of the gameplay for um, Charlotte. Cause she got to be one of the um, team captains per se. Right. And one, one thing that wasn't mentioned, but is true about how it worked is um, each individual pair from the beginning of the game was split up. So once one person was picked, oh. the other went to the opposite tribe. Um, and so that, that was uh, a little under the, um, under the cut, but Charlotte, uh, did a good job of balancing picking people for her tribe and picking people that would send an illegal eight member to the other tribe um, mm-hmm. so that she could uh, keep it split uh, fairly evenly. And so that's really good. Cause I feel like we're missing some Charlotte, especially in these early episodes. I'm like, I think there's more here that we're not seeing. Charlotte is very savvy. Um, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it'll be fun to see more of Charlotte further in the season. And she we played do get the a mean good... drum set too. By yes, the way. exactly. We get a good Charlotte <laughs> Carson bonding moment playing like a rock band in episode three, which I really <laughs> It's Carson's typical move. He always goes to play local rock band with the people and then she's just the final three. 
<laughs> you can't wow. forget. Or you can't vote out somebody who just played like a rock band with you. At least that was my logic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like paying for someone's meal. Same vibes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's a new phrase. Instead of like Netflix and chill, it's like rock band and final three. <laughs> Pretty catchy. Did I working not, on it, folks? I will say the the Carson was making final three deals with everyone was a little overhyped. I wasn't making final three deals with everyone. I, I didn't get a final three deal. Like I, understand. I understand that's a technicality. I was talking to everyone and promising them that we'd be together forever. Um, but but I see there's a difference in my head saying I want to be in the final three with you and saying I think we can go deep. I To me, those are different, but it doesn't matter what I think if other people think that that means that it's a final three. You were making end game plans with everybody. And I think definitely- I wanted to be in the end. Exactly. I'm not faulting you for it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that like you were right to get caught. Uh, probably. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that uh, in a little bit, but I have more thoughts on that. Uh, speaking of catching Carson, we do catch Carson briefly in one little segment from, it looks like you do a scavenger hunt, and <laughs> which maybe involves a very small bathing suit running into water? <laughs> yes, so... The third challenge is a College Survivor Classic, which is a task gauntlet, um, wherein Chase Reed gave us, shared an Excel spreadsheet with the cast that had a list of tasks for a variety of points. And we could complete um, a maximum number of tasks. And there were a bunch of additive rules. But basically, whoever went and did the craziest, wackiest stuff over the course of the weekend was going to win the challenge. Um, and one of those tasks that was worth a lot of points was a polar plunge in the snow in Lake Michigan. And I was more than happy to do it. There's a very, very funny segment of me in the shower after that, um, that I think will make it when that episode finally comes out. Um, but I, I got in the water, I got out of the water. I did not stop running. I ran, I jumped over a fence. Um, then they caught up to me, they gave me my clothes. We ran to my apartment and I hopped in the shower and watched myself running in the shower is very meta um and and just got a got a nice warm-up i'm still in uh, the bathing suit of course um and so that was a fun moment i hope we get to see more of it was that the craziest thing you did on the list uh yeah that was probably the craziest thing i did on the list um one other thing i did on the list that was really fun was i had to feed geese there are a lot of geese in, in oh, that. Uh, on campus and instead of like clicking pieces of bread and tossing them at the geese. I walked up and handed one a whole slice of bread and like put it in its mouth. Uh, <laughs> and it took it from me. Um, and, and then it, it like swam away. I don't know. And then you made a final three with the goose. Didn't you? <laughs> exactly. You, but you know, if the goose has got a vote. <laughs> Matt, are you running into the water too? What did we miss from your side um, of things? So from my perspective, I was actually filming Carson run into the water. <laughs> um, another great clip that you see in the montage um, that I just want to highlight is you see me chugging an unspecified liquid. That is two and a half Red Bulls. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges was to chug two and a half Red Bulls in 30 seconds. And... So I took it into my own hands to do that, um, to which I felt 
absolutely horrible the rest of the day. Um, and that was not fun, but Could you I sleep survived. that night? Like, did you go to sleep at all? Yes, but minimally, because I, I did it in the morning. Um, <laughs> That's smart. But That's smart. another fun story about when Carson ran in the Speedo is that I was wearing Timberland boots, and I just shredded the entire back of my foot sprinting oh, to boy. Carson's apartment from the lake. Because um, I was trying to keep up with Carson, who was... <laughs> running barefoot in the speedo three blocks back to his apartment um and so that was really fun i mean having witnessed it in, for, in person um but that challenge i think kind of goes understated because we didn't get to see it in how important it was as like a bonding experience for the tribes and so when you see like tribal solidity later that's where it really was formed for the most part mm -hmm. um so it's unfortunate that we can't see a lot of it now but i know that we're gonna see it later oh i'm excited to see it because i've been through the scavenger hunts too for survivor-esque things too like i've gotten my ears pierced um <laughs> one of my teammates got a tattoo i've eaten cat food it's not that bad folks oh um, i've also eaten cat food that. and i don't like cat food so i, I might have I'll to disagree that. with you on that one uh, <laughs> Eric, scavenger <laughs> hunt experiences real quick. What you got going on? We didn't have a scavenger hunt in season three. You've played other like iterations of Survivor, like online, no scavenger hunt. Yeah, that's crazy. true. I, yeah, most of the orgs that I've played have been like, like take a photo of yourself, you know, doing something. I haven't had to do anything super crazy for a scavenger hunt, honestly. But Aaron and there's I still time. I'm yeah, done. I was going to say, absolutely. You wait for that one. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Aaron and I actually met through an online Survivor game. That's how we are familiar with each other. We played in an intercollegiate online game that was themed hosts versus players. So there was Whoa. a tribe of hosts and a tribe of players. So I played with Chase and she played with Cooper. Um, and and that we met on the Players Tribe. Yes. Um, Michigan did far superior, right? I got second. Oh, nice job. Nice job. I voted out Cooper. <laughs> he did vote out Cooper, and I was very upset with him. <laughs> we made up. We did make up. Um, so after the scavenger hunt, uh, a team wins. Um, Cerulean. Yep. By one point. By one point. That's crazy. Was Especially, it anything like, I don't um, know, like, was there disqualification in points, or how did it, like, yeah, very down quickly. To one point. You see a little bit later in the episode that a couple of us have clues to a third individual immunity idol. Um, and that's because we deducted points from our team's total in order to purchase those clues. Secretly. Oh. And so myself, Jesse, and Josh all hindered our team purposefully because for individual gain, um, which is a fun little twist. And the fun fact about that is Jesse and I we're both on the team that won that challenge. So we won pretty handily because uh, we were able to double the detractions that Josh's tribe had and still win the challenge by a point. That is impressive. Uh, so we see um, Josh gets voted out. We talked earlier. He finds an idol. Um, anything substantial there that we kind of missed from the recap? I actually saw him outside. Um, and you see briefly on a call that he lies to me and tells me he doesn't have it. And from that moment, um, he was, you know, dead to me. And so that's why we, I didn't put up a fight at all when the Ready Whip tribe wanted to vote him out because all those decisions were happening collectively as a group of eight. 
um, and being discussed. And the Ready Whip Tribe was like, we're thinking Josh. And I was like, fine. If he's going to have an idol and lie about it, um, fine. Especially after he, yeah, especially after he catches you and Amos and your idol find. If it was he, a, I, like, that is, I feel like sense. that's just a bad move on his part. You're his only two allies at that point, really. Right. I don't think he, he didn't know that I saw him. Um, he thought he'd sure. completely gotten away with it. Um, but I, when I was out hunting um, as well, I saw him. And I also ran into Jesse um, and formed another alliance. Um, Shocking. <laughs> Yes, and uh, we didn't find anything, and um, had a relationship from from then on out. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, lawn darts. Uh, I know my grandpa used to play darts all the time. Outlawed. I know in the state of Michigan these days. Mm-hmm. Um, always a classic, though, in my family. That's a great one. Um, lawn darts. How'd that go, Matt? Honestly, I had a great time with it. Like this is an underrated challenge. It was really fun. It was pretty quick, but I got at least in my experience i got in there through three darts and beat jackson um and so i went as quickly as you could um and so i had a really fun time with it at least but jackson's experience losing the challenge maybe not so much but it was quick and fun so mm-hmm. everything you want in the challenge I'd now say. this is the safe like jars they're not actually like spears you're throwing correct? no 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 okay, they're just like goodness. rounded off tip like mm-hmm. All right, um, team wins. Um, Peter out. Any thought? Peter just not invested. That was the recap. Yes, um, just I. Well, he was not invested because he was having a wisdom tooth surgery, uh, which is also a fun fact in the in the in the cast releases. So I'm interested to see the other ones now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's glossed over. Uh, but that's his not invested. I mean, he wasn't playing particularly hard, but um, yes, that's uh, why he was MIA. And I don't know, I guess the other people on Ready Whip just bonded more um, and earned their earned their place. Really, yeah, you know? getting, getting your wisdom teeth out doesn't put you out for the whole first four weeks of the game. Like, yeah. let's be clear about that. <laughs> You're out for a couple days, Max. Yeah, so Aaron, you were in agreement. Like, you have to be invested. Like, everyone's giving like 115%. And absolutely. Some of this doing 75, not worth it. No C's here. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to be, especially in a game where people do, like, people came into Survivor Northwestern season one playing hard. Like, you need to keep up or you're going to fall out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what we see here with, I mean, unfortunately, like, I think that's why the Illegal Eight does do so well and does kind of take the steamroll because they did come out playing hard and anybody that didn't make as many connections as they did right at the beginning really fell out of it super quick and if you didn't and peter didn't even really from what i saw connect with anybody inside or outside the illegal eight like i didn't see i didn't really even hear people talking about him in their confessionals which is a big indicator of how hard people are playing the game is how much other people are talking about them so I think that you just kind of, especially pre-merge, I feel like the goal is to make sure that you're there with other people that want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, not giving all the credit to everyone on the uh, Illegal Eight, I think there are some star players and maybe yes. some people that aren't, at least from our perspective as the audience, seeing as much gameplay as a few of them in the eight, but um, definitely they're actually well-connected. So they kind of got the... The luck of the draw, per se, for knowing the right people. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And there's yeah. one more eventful thing that happens at Peter's Tribal Council, um, which is that Jackson, upset that Allison wouldn't share the idol that they found together, decides to tell everybody about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> might as and well a- dish out what you can, especially because Jackson seemed a little worried that he might be going home. Mm-hmm. That's a completely fair reaction. Yeah, if somebody, if you know that somebody has an idol and they're not like they're not playing ball with you. You have that information. You are fully, it is fully within your rights to mm-hmm. share that with whoever you want. Now, that's a yeah. good question, thinking about the next vote out we have. And mm-hmm. something kind of like, Aaron, your your capacity dealt with as well. Like, when you're voted out, like, how much do you share? So, um, we go into this memory game. I don't know. Quick, how did this memory game go? Um... It was, we don't it was remember. I guess I didn't do the challenge, yeah. so I can't. I, I was this. on the side that lost the challenge. If that helps you, okay. any, uh, the memory yeah. is not there for me. It was close. I know Ready Whip was really excited to win because they've been going to tribal after tribal after tribal, especially Paya, who I think had gone to every single tribal. Every single tribal. Oh. Uh, and then she was the one that actually closed out the win against Jesse. It was like she got the final point, and it was a tie. Whoever wins this round wins the challenge for their tribe. Paya clutched it out. That was a fun moment for her that we didn't get to see. Um, but see, Aurelian's going to go to their first tribal council mm-hmm. uh, after having bonded for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's very it's very interesting because we were not uh, completely on the same page as to how we wanted things to go down that weekend. No, and speaking of person eliminated, so we have Jesse got yes. eliminated. Uh, now we do see a vote split, but picking up to where we kind of left off on the last subject, getting voted out and saying a little bit too much. Like, uh, Michigan, uh, Ben was voted out. He sent that email as he was leaving. Like he was still, his torch wasn't snuffed yet. So he sent that out. Um, Jackson thinking he might be limited. It tells about Allison's idol. Now, Jesse does something different. Uh, Jesse, as it appears, like Jesse was clearly voted out and then reached out to the cast. Um, um, Carson, what kind of happened there? Because you had some bonding time with Jesse. I did. Um, and ultimately, walking into the vote, we had been building up towards voting out Jake um, for similar reasons to Kayla, which were that we thought he might have the idol um, kind of collectively as a cast. Um, and so we were going to split votes on Jake and Gus. But Jesse was not happy about that plan. She really pushed back against that and um, kind of incurred Allison's wrath, the first of several. Um, and she has lots of wrath, by the way. Like Allison <laughs> is uh, Oh, Al- yeah, Allison's a fire breather. Um, so she, uh, Allison decided that she wanted the vote to be switched to Jesse. Um, well, she, she said Jesse or Gus, but I think she was really leaning Jesse. Um, and Matt, you were the person that was the most against that, right? Um, yeah. She was, so Je- Jesse was my partner for the first part of the game. And so it felt kind of like a big sacrifice because basically up until this point, it felt like it was really just an arms race within the eight to like have outside connections. Cause like Carson and sort of a lot of us on the season talk about, it felt like it, it was almost inevitable that the eight was going to crumble at some point. And so you just wanted to position, it was all about position, positioning yourself for the aftermath almost and so for me it felt like giving up i was giving up my biggest partner outside of the eight in jesse and granted at the time it was kind of a sacrifice i was willing to make because i felt comfortable with carson i felt good with 
Charlotte and Allison, among other people. Um, but it did like it it's not something that was lost on me in the moment, how much of an implication that could have for my game in the long run. Um, and so it wasn't an easy decision, but I figured better to not upset the boat. Um, so we told Carson about an hour before tribal. Yeah. And I was not happy about it um, because I had a connection with Jesse as well. Um, and, and I didn't want to tell them that. Um, but I, I was, I, I felt like I could, you know, be be good with Jesse and when things went down I wanted her there um ultimately when they decided like we came to the decision as a group of four that it was going to be Jesse or Gus um and I preferred it to be Jesse because I thought that the secret that I went out uh looking for the idol would die with her um as opposed to Gus who I'd also kind of spent some time chatting with felt like they were not exactly the same but similar enough that I, I could end up on the right side either way and then um I, I honestly, Matt, if you could remind me how I ended up on the outside of that boat. Um, like we, we, we decided to leave me on the outside of the boat because Gus was staying in the game and Matt, Charlotte and Allison had recently spoken some ill about him on his own camera, on his own. Uh, on oh, his own yeah. Laptop. Yeah. So <laughs> I can explain that if we want to sort of divert into that quickly. Basically, yeah. what happened was that. I was in a strategy meeting with Gus, Allison, Charlotte, um, and I knew that the plan as it currently existed, as Carson said, was to split Jake in the majority, Gus in the minority. And so we knew that Gus was gonna be expecting a few votes, but we like knew that he wasn't gonna be home, nor even really at risk unless Jake played an idol, which turns out he didn't have. Um, but so I was really worried and wanted to talk to them more about how we were gonna tell Gus or if we were gonna tell Gus that we were putting a vote on him. And so Gus got up to go to the bathroom, came out, left left his camera going, and then we talked and forgot that the camera was there and on. And so Gus later went back and watched it and saw me gesture being like, what are we gonna do about him? And thinks immediately that he was gonna be eliminated. Obviously I got a little lucky and bailed out there, but it was definitely not my best moment in the game. and. I'm not unhappy that it didn't really get highlighted on or emphasized as much as it did in the edit. It's such an underrated <laughs> genius move. Especially oh, it was so smart. camera recording. That's why I always recorded every single one of my conversations. Cause I was like, I want to be able to watch this back. And if it's not even, it's also, I just have like a shit memory. So I was, I was like, I need to remember like what I say with people, but yeah, you, you can go back, you can see, what people do when you're not there like it's always good to you know if, yeah if you get up to go to the bathroom you can see like are they texting anybody while i'm away or things like that and it's just yeah especially pretending to go to the bathroom and just to see what they like this group of people say it was, when it was you're really out of the room smart. genius genius move by gus here and he hadn't even seen survivor before this was just off of his own dome um yeah. While while Matt's gone, I just wanted to talk to you guys about like what do you guys want to do about the Matt situation? Very good question. I think we're all on the same page here too. I think um, so too. Oh, yeah. Final I think, three, right, Carson? Final three? Oh yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? That we're gonna play Lego like rock band. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta do that first. <laughs> uh, gonna, I do like, think like good. Kylie's with us too, by the way. So don't uh, worry about hey, it. Hey Kylie. She Kylie, can be I in on this too. So uh-huh. Kylie, I exposed your crush on Nathan, Kylie. Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
Um, yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, uh, she hasn't watched that yet. So any of the lives, she has to like wait for the recording to be done and then rewatch it. So highly, <laughs> yeah, um, that was brought up earlier tonight. Um, sorry, girl. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we ultimately landed on Jesse, and Allison was definitely a big part of that. And a lot of the time, you would see Allison and Charlotte coming into a conversation, having already decided on a plan together and planning on bringing it up to new people. And their system was kind of like, Allison to bring it up. And then Charlotte would be like, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> and so that I got kind of hit with that. And when that happens, you don't have an opportunity. Like they don't give you an opportunity to push back initially. There's an initial supplement to the plan. Um, and then the plan's kind of already rolling a little bit and you're a little more uncomfortable to push back against it. Mm -hmm. That is, if you're not named Carson. And I, <laughs> I pushed back like really hard and got, got frustrated that the plan was changing last minute. Um, and I, I shouldn't have been as, as frustrated as I was, but we've been working all weekend um, to, to set up this Jake plan. I had told Gus that he was getting votes and they all knew that um, like, and made him okay with it. Um, because we wanted everyone to be okay after this vote. Um, and we were just telling him, listen, Gus, like Jake's voting for you, like heads up. Um, and then to have it switched up and have all that like undermined um, did not sit well with me. And the fact that that did not sit well with me did not sit well with Allison. And this is kind of the first time that we see Allison um, not, not enjoying uh, playing the game with me. We'll start. We'll start. The wrath kind of starts there for Allison. That's for sure. Right. With you. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you guys are like the two heads of the snake that is the illegal eight. And at some point, you know, you gotta not kiss, right. but like fight. And, uh, <laughs> I, I was hoping that there was another head out there that could be part of that. Um, and was on, on, I did not know that I was the other one. Um, and so that will come up uh, in a little bit. <laughs> Um, so then there is a tribe swap, pretty much. Um, I think Ready Whip comes in so excited, and Team Red, like, I was really rooting for them. I was really disappointed to see a tribe swap, actually, because they were so in spirit. They had a little, like, little method going on, and, like, the new TikTok video. I was like, oh, I see it already. I see it. Ready Whip, right there. Um, but the tribes pretty well just based for your um illegal eight um out of random starburst out of all things starburst um, <laughs> so um and actually the first time we see a hot pursuit challenge actually work in a live reality game like in every other season i have watched in any kind of other like iterations of this i've seen it on survival challenge seen it on like michigan as well like there's always an easy winner and this one seems to last a really long time, which is entertaining, finally, to watch this uh, go down. Um, Matt, how did you do on the Hot Pursuit? Yeah, so um, I'm going to talk quickly, but I'm going to toss it over for Carson to take most of this challenge. Because mm -hmm. I think that he has most a of the story he wants so. to share about oh. this challenge. Um, but I, I wore my Timberlands, and this is like an <laughs> underrated element. Was that it's just, Timberlands it, it was again. really snowy and like just gross. And so it was hard to run in the timber. Like just, <laughs> I was wearing jeans and Timberlands. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but it like just logically because of that, I had a hard time 
like as a result. But like we talk a lot about the season, about how the illegal eight kind of got a lot of breaks, and granted we did, but like this is really just the biggest one where it's like we couldn't have done anything differently if we wanted to to break the eight. And had it gone any differently, I really do think this could have spelled the end for the eight. But it lived on, and we got the 4-4 split that we wanted. Um, and, yeah, with that, I'm going to toss it to Carson and talk about his experience in this challenge. Well, Matt is referring to something that you didn't see uh, while we were focusing on the rules questioning that uh, <laughs> was doing, and then and Ashley was upset with her about that. I'm off to the side throwing up. Um, and that's the oh, only dear. reason why I am not talking in that conversation. If you know me, you know I'm going <laughs> to talk in the conversation. I would have been like, what the hell, or whatever. Um, no, I'm have, I'm I'm sick, uh, actually, mm-hmm. off to the side. Um, and so I, <laughs> after the challenge ended, um, yeah, I ran really, really hard. I am not an athlete by any means, but by Northwestern standards, I was one of the last standing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we were told that it was going to be an athletic challenge. So I did not wear Tim's, uh, I wore tennis shoes. Um, and we, um, I, I, we finished it off and I like hobbled over to the bench and then was sick for probably 15 minutes. They didn't film me cause they were being polite. Um, but I honestly would have been fine with it. Uh, type two fun. Um, but Carson was intermittently. Carson was intermittently begging Chase to film him as he was throwing <laughs> up. Um, he's like, I need this in my survival reel. Show yeah, me how he good said he wanted. He said he wanted to be filmed throwing up, which is one one way of doing it. Not how I would want it. But <sighs> to each Anything their own. I guess. The TV. Anything for the TV. Um, but yes. Uh, we finally get some content from Ashley because we get this is Ashley's it. breakout episode. <laughs> I love Ashley in this episode. Huge she fan. is so funny. Um, I will tell you like now Ashley and I are friends. I like love her. She's so funny. Um, it takes, it took me a while to get to know her. And she, <laughs> would, she would tell you that that's pretty common and that like people are often like a little bit like what? And then they get to know her and they really enjoy spending time with her. Um, no, yeah. especially like even this next episode that comes out when we'll get there very soon. Um, she's very fun, like on camera on Zoom. I really like her. Mm-hmm. She is very she, fun to watch. She has a lot of fun comments, like one off asides, and you'll get that more so in the Zoom part of the game than the first half of the game. But yeah, she's really funny. Uh, before we get to the Zoom part of the game, we do um, have a tribal there. Um, very disappointed because one of my other favorites get voted out like probably the best hair of the entire cast um jackson gets voted out um unfortunately um i was just thinking like i really like his hair maybe i should dye my hair thinking about it and then he gets voted out so maybe it's not a sign you can pull it off i could see it i've done it before but Hmm. i'm i'm a fan i think you should do it um carson's probably the next best hair on the list i think he always got that swoop going on (laughs) <laughs> um, hands through my hair constantly can i add a fun comment about jackson's confessional as he's leaving of course. um so he said something and I'm, I'm gonna misquote him here but basically saying that all the theater kids left on the cast are what's making it so dramatic um and basically like 
tried to throw half our cast under the bus because there were a lot of students in Northwestern's theater program in our first season. Um, and so that became like a rallying cry for a lot of them almost. <laughs> and it became an often told joke over the second half of the season. Yeah, there was a lot, <laughs> a lot of theater kids on the cast that were doing theater in college. And then the rest of us did theater in like high school. <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, theater kids usually, like, make the best television. Uh, we saw, especially with Survivor Boston, another really great one, uh, over at Emerson, a smaller college, but it's a great theater program, and it was all, like, big personalities, super strategic, like, they really, like, played the game, like, from start to finish, pretty similar to what you folks did, so um, liking the theater kids, that's cool. Um, we get Jackson voted out. Unfortunately, they announced jury. Congratulations. And then not congratulations. We're on quarantine pretty much. Everything's on lockdown. Um, going through what everyone else went through at the time, we had to uh, lock down. So we are starting the final episode before um, we'll head out for the night. Um, this final episode is the most recent. And another episode for Survivor Northwestern drops this Thursday, I want to say. Um, there are nods in the audience here, so I got that correct, folks. Um, so uh, this episode is a little bit different. Um, we're pretty much locked down. There's changes, and Chase, the host in production, kind of just goes with it, and you do what you can. So um, Carson, thoughts about leaving the campus? Yeah, I think we were all really questioning uh, what it was going to look like to play Survivor. And I think we all were not nearly as focused on Survivor as we were the last few weeks because um, the world was crashing and burning around us. And we saw a little bit of that bleed through, but um, it was just a really heavy, like this week of film is a really heavy week of film because it's a very heavy week internationally. Um, and, and Northwestern shut down, you know, Pro sports games were canceled um, without any any look. We all lived it, um, and so yeah, we, it, it was um, it was a little bit less invested. And ultimately, what we decided um, to do was based on what we decided to do right before the lockdown happened. Um, there was not a ton of strategy going on because everyone had their own um, things to do, and the challenge happened right before the tribal council because um, we had to do some rescheduling. Chase thought of a, a fun challenge kind of off the top of his head. The challenges for the next little bit here are very, very zoomy. Um, and, and they're still fun, um, but it's not running around in a circle in the same way. Um, but they do provide a different opportunity for different strengths to kind of rise, which is interesting, which we will see different people suddenly are better at challenges than they were before. Um, but yeah, everything was just really heavy. Everyone was just very concerned. We all went to our different respective corners of the world. And uh, and we just played Survivor because we wanted to stay connected to each other. Um, and, and it was really nice that the jury started then because um, everyone from that, that vote on is still, you know, involved. Uh, we, we all are friends. We all know each other. Um, some people before uh, this episode, I haven't really spoken to in, in quite some time, but but um, from the boots this episode on, um, I would consider all of them friends and, and chat with all of them um, from here on out. You, know, you spoke about going to your little corner of the world. You have a very nice little corner of the world, <laughs> Mister. I'm uh, in the green light north. 
I'm in the Great White North. Um, yes, my uh, that is my grandfather's place um, in northern Minnesota. Northern Minnesota is beautiful. I'm from Minnesota, um, so it's on Lake Superior. It's closer to Canada than any Minnesotan city. Um, internet and heat and wildlife and no people. Um, and so that's why we headed up there because uh, it was about as safe as you could be um, when coronavirus was really starting to hit. Um, good so, thing you had a good cell phone connection, it looked like too. I did. Yeah, we've got a you know Wi-Fi mm-hmm. in the cell phone connection yeah. there. We like got a ton of stuff from the grocery store, and I spent probably a month or two up there um, because I can't remember how long, but yeah, it, it was. Um, that's just like where my grandfather lives. Um, so we, we hung out a lot. Um, yeah. One of my favorite scenes going into this uh, was the fact that Gus returns the rock to campus. Yes. Like he kept it all that time and he had to leave campus and bring it back. That was really like, oh, it's just a little memento that he gets to leave back. Um, Matt, did you have something similar that you, when you left campus, did you kind of like say your parting words and then go out to safety or how was it leaving? Yeah, it was a really weird experience leaving because I, at least at the time, was living in my old fraternity house and I'm no longer in one. But it was like a weird experience to walk out and like, because something that I feel like gets a little bit understated in the season is like, obviously now you can sit here and be like, oh yeah, we were kind of stupid and naive to think it'd be all over so quickly. But when I left, I really thought I was leaving on a slightly extended spring break. Um and something that you won't see in any episode, I don't think. Um, but something that happened in my family is the second I got home, two thirds of my family got COVID. Um, and I didn't tell anyone in the game because it was like really stigmatized. Cause at first everyone was like, I don't know anyone with COVID. It's crazy that people are getting COVID. And like, granted, this is pre any sort of really advisory. And so, it like that at least for my experience going home to that environment basically getting home and having most of my family get sick virtually immediately after presented a whole bunch of different challenges and even just like acting normal was a challenge for the game um and so in a weird way i really credit survivor for giving me a lot during that period because it's like a i mean we've all been through it it was a really tough period for all of us but the first few months were so isolating that in a weird way, I'm really looking forward to watching like the remainder of the season because it's just like, even outside of my personal journey in the show, um, it was really awesome to just see like other people's growth throughout this time. Cause it, it I don't, it's like a weird cross section of our life, I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about the journey that is upcoming here. We have the um, immunity contest, a um, kind of a popularity contest with some strategy and some <laughs> luck involved. Um, Carson, you get the win on this one as well as I think Sammy. Sammy yes. also takes mm-hmm. that. Um, your vote was to keep um, Ashley. Why did we save Ashley? We saved Ashley because uh, maintaining appearances to everybody. I, no one in the Illegal Eight questioned why I did that. Um, and then no one outside of the Illegal Eight questioned why I did that. And the second reason is when I saved her, I was also removing somebody's vote. 
Um, and I wanted to make sure to leave people in that were going to be voting for Owen. Mm -hmm. Any surprise that Sammy voted to save Amos? Uh, I didn't read into that a lot um, when it happened. Because uh, it felt like a very kind of political choice as well. She explained it by being the, he got third place. So yep. he's closest. Um, Makes sense. Uh, we see Owen leave here. Um, Owen, another one of my favorite characters. So this this whole season has just gone downhill from here. Well, Owen is not out yet. Owen is not out yet. No. Um, and I will say something mm -hmm. that did not make the episode, because I don't think it was filmed, um, is the reason that we were all terrified of Owen and so hell-bent on voting out Owen is because Owen sat down with Amos and said, I think that there is an eight-person alliance running this game. And I think that it is, he listed the other seven people of the Illegal Eight and Greta. And he said that to Amos. And then Amos was like, he's too close. We've got to vote him out. And speaking of, it looks like he's tuning in <laughs> right now. Um, oh. So that's exciting how his name just got brought up. And poof, he's right there. That's crazy. So, Amos, that was not filmed. That's why um, uh -huh. we didn't see it. But he did say that to you, didn't he? I'm not making that up for drama. <laughs> <laughs> he says, no. Actually, it's the same comment as before. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it sounds like that. And of course, um, when he gets on to maybe we can interview Amos as well and kind of have the rundown from there. Um, so now we see Owen kind of sort of got get voted out. Um, he is taken to exile pretty much or edge pretty much. Mm -hmm. And um, fire tokens are in the game now. There are secret pairs in the game now. Um, okay. Amos says that, no, he, Amos was not surprised that um, Sammy saved. <laughs> yes, yeah. we yeah. just needed mm -hmm. to save someone in the eight, really. It, it was really, like Carson right. said, that it was just an analytic, like, it was it was sort of an emotionless thing. Like, we were mm -hmm. all just in eight preservation mode to some extent. And in order to make the math work to vote out, oh, and we needed to save someone in the eight. So I think it was Amos, but I don't think there's much, like, intentionality or thought in picking him specifically. No offense, Amos. <laughs> um, now, as for the next challenge, we have a um, dreaded experience of growing up for me. It is called a spelling bee. <laughs> um, and I warned Erin earlier if she had a pen and paper handy. So I thought, Erin, you're not going to make me do this, are you? <laughs> I'm going to make us do a um, spelling bee. So I yes. Matt and Carson to pick like two words, just real quick. We can see how fast you can beat me, Aaron, because I am losing this. So, um, well, I Carson. thought because going into like I was literally I watched this episode with Carson. Fun fact, and I <laughs> when he said spelling bee, I was like, oh, easy. Like I would do great at a spelling bee. And then I heard the words that Chase was saying, and I was like, I have never heard these words <laughs> in my life. I've heard like three of them. I know cappuccino. I don't know how to yeah, spell but it, but. <laughs> This is okay. Uh, my word was going to be cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how to spell it, so Aaron, you got I me beat on there. So I, I did take four semesters of Italian. So give me some, yeah, give me some. Italian. <laughs> well, because taking I, a page out of Greta's book, I see. I revealed a very terribly spelled cappuccino. You really um, did. I thought maybe you were like throwing the competition. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just a terrible speller. Um, I. I 
I couldn't have won that competition if I tried. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. You can check mine out here too. Okay. So um, real quick. All right. Aaron and I, final immunity right here. All right. You're let's going go. down. Competition time. Um, let's do um, back and forth here. We'll spell the words on paper. We have paper. We'll just show them. Okay. Uh, Matt, okay. First word. Um, my word is going to be a word that's going to symbolize a lot of the second half of the season. Um, my word is sapphire. Are you making fun of me because I did the titles on this episode and misspelled Sapphire? And he, did. Partia he did. Partially. Partially, Carson. But it's also okay. going to be important soon. Okay, I'm ready. Aaron, you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Both are correct. Hey! Wow. Wow. Good, Good job. job. Good you job. are officially okay. smarter one than point. Carson. <laughs> Facts. Um, All right, Carson, what you got for us? My roommate is texting me exceedingly hard words. Um, I, want to, I, want to I thought exceedingly was like the word. I was like, oh dear. Um, I, I want cappuccino because I butchered that. Cappuccino. I'm sorry. Oh dear. That was my word coming into this. <laughs> I don't think I have this. Uh, I don't have this at all. I don't know at what the all. white spelling is either. You ready? Yeah, I think I do. So you can't Do-do? even check this? Okay. How's that? Cappuccino. Okay, I think one, yours, Aaron. One of you's wrong. Is I'm wrong. Cappuccino. Okay, no it's C A P P U. Double C I N O. Oh, let's go. That fourth semester of Italian did something. Yeah, come back here, challenge here. Okay, Matt. Oh, you want another word? Um, I said two words, but it's okay. Maybe you did a cumulative, and then Aaron just wins. We got. So I'll think of another word on the spot. Um, No, no, it's all right. Um, Out of two, congratulations. Immunity goes to Aaron. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Wow, what an honor. What an honor. Took me back. Um, Neighborhood was the big word in elementary school for me. I nailed it, and that was it. That was the extent (laughs) of my trying to learn how to spell. So That's impressive. That's the only word you need to spell. Exactly. I was looking around my room trying to find other words, and I was like, I don't know, energizer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the word I struggle with right now is wipress. Um, Survivor wipress is airing right now, and I can never spell mm. wipress. I always have to Google it. So <laughs> thank goodness Northwestern is easier to spell. And Michigan. I got yeah. those. Yeah. Those are good. Um, after that spelling bee, we, are, um, we have a winner, uh, surprisingly, on our winner. Um, Aaron, were you surprised who won that competition? Who'll stand out? Um, I don't know about surprised. I don't know. I I just maybe it's I'm wrong to assume that people are smart, but that's usually I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if they're college students playing college survivor. Like if they're if you're at the merge, you gotta be smart and savvy in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I won't say that I was surprised at who won. Um, but I was I was happy with the outcome. Good. Happy with the final outcome, too? <laughs> no, no, I was not happy with that. I will say that. Uh, is is really interesting um, because she is not in the illegal eight right. and has some of the strongest bonds with people that are um, and, and has not gotten a lot of screen time. That's because she's been winning. She's only gone to one tribal council um, and it was the Jesse vote. Um, and so 
you know, her, Charlotte and Allison are definitely tight. Um, and, and she has had some impact, you know, she, she is aware of situations. She threw me under the bus, um, to Gus. She threw me under the bus to Gus. That's important. Um, yeah. So like she, she's interesting. She's somebody like, I don't know if you're, if you're looking at other people outside of the illegal eight, you're like, who do you think of? You think of Gus, right? You don't always think of Greta. Um, but, but she's, not in a like bad spot as far as outside of the illegal it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another twist comes in. We have secret pairs. So if your pair yes. makes it the furthest, um, both with immunity at that next tribal. Um, Matt, who'd you get paired up with? I was with Ashley. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Ashley love fest that's going on, mm-hmm. um, and that was fun because at least initially i was like oh it's a no-brainer i'll work with her and carson it's <laughs> it, it just makes sense and very very quickly that plan fell apart from my perspective uh-huh. um but for me at least early on it felt like a slam dunk then carson was apparently a little colder on me than i was on him um and i kind of got bailed out of, bailed out of it so could have gone a lot worse i'd say Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson, it looks like you got paired up with uh, Paya. Any yays, nays out of that, or just kind of meh? Yeah, I was very excited. Um, in, in all of the conversations that I was having, um, I was lining up plans for myself and Amos and Paya. Like, that was the two people that I wanted to be working with, and I wanted us to be able to pick between several different paths. Um, not everyone was on the same page about that plan, but that's what I wanted. So I was totally stoked to be paired with Paya. Um, and so that's, that's uh, yeah, I guess we can go into that a little more soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy and Jake, and then Amos and Allison. I, I think that's what uh, we have in the true. comments. It's, it's Amos and Kylie. Uh, Perfect. Amos and Kylie and Allison and Greta. Okay. And Charlotte and Gus. Uh, let's see here. Um, did that really, did you leak your pairs at all? The two of you, did you share? Uh, Matt, you're shaking your head. Who did you share Yeah, the with? pairs, like, not at this point. Some people knew some stuff, but at least among the eight, the pairs became pretty much, like, an open secret pretty quickly. Some people tried to hold on to it for a little longer than others, but, like, gradually... Well, Amos was a sieve when it came to the information um, with Carson's stuff um, and a few (laughs) other people's pairs. Like Carson, I think Amos told people pairs, but also like to you, but also took pairs in your pair and told people about it. But like, I was pretty forthright about Ashley being my partner. I was like, this can help us. I don't really like, I have no emotional investment in her success. And so I at least felt like one of the least tied to their pair of all of them which was an interesting perspective or place to be yeah i told amos that i was paired with paya um and little did i know that got out to a lot of other people as well there are a lot of things that i told amos that got out to a lot of other people uh seems like that was a running thing with matt as well you call him a sieve so <laughs> um it's not that he was um like bad at sharing information it's that he was good at it um yeah he he was in a very similar position to me numbers wise and and where you're at in these alliances 
he just let me take all the fall for it. Now, do I think that if he had kept quiet and worked with me, we could have actually made that plan come to fruition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's not what he wanted to do. He didn't want to be in the middle of Allison and Kylie. Um, he told each of them my plans and then brought them together and then had an unfortunate part in voting me out. Um, because, yeah, he let me take the blame for for all of the stuff that I, I was doing, um, but, but that I was only telling him about. Um, and I think that a big part of that is when, um, when Jesse spilled the tea that I had, you know, um, the, another thing that was spilled in that scenario was she also told Gus that I had gotten a clue. Um, and so it, it kind of circulated that eventually got back to Amos and that was the one lie that I told him. And I don't think he trusted me from then on out. Um, and, and from then on out, he kind of actively worked against me uh, consistently. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made in that whole game was not doing a good enough job of building trust with people that I actually cared about. Um, and so I, I've talked about this with Matt a lot, but when I was playing, I was hyper-focused on the people that I felt insecure about. And I would spend all my time chatting with them and confirming plans and trying to manipulate my relationship with them. And I really took for granted the people that actually trusted me. Matt actually trusted me. And I knew that. I absolutely knew that. That's um, why I didn't get a final three deal on like everyone else. <laughs> but I took no rock for band for you. Um, I, I did not spend nearly enough energy affirming for Amos that he was my number one and that I was building all these plans for us, for me and him. If he'd known that I was doing that dirty work for him, maybe he would have seen things differently. But I did not, um, I, I cared a lot more about the people that I did not feel good about than the people that I did. And then suddenly the people that I did feel good about voted me out. <laughs> I'm really conflicted on this move for Amos. I think that it was the right move just far too early. Because if, he is the one that's spilling all of your information to these people. So right. he knows he's the only one who's receiving it. Mm -hmm. So if he's getting all of your information and he knows nobody else is, then that's got to be some sort of indication that he's your number one, you know? Right. So I feel like you are a great source of information. And for him to, <laughs> I love you, Amos. I know. But I just, I just think that you were doing, Amos was doing a really good job of, playing behind you, Carson, because like you said, you were in all the same groups of people. You were riding the middle of the illegal eight while you were picking everybody off and you were the forefront of that. Right. So he did have to take you out eventually, right. but I think he should have let you clear the path a little bit more first. Yeah. I think we could have made it two more votes before breaking the eight personally. Yeah. Um, I think that it would have been like a delicate balance to strike, but I do think we could have made it at least definitely one more vote, potentially two more votes, um, if people's intentions were really like, trying to. But we shall see how the next two votes go. Um, Carson, you talk about all this downfall. We don't know yet. Maybe uh, you are sent to Edge, and we're super excited to see you and Owen hang out a little bit, maybe compete for some fire tokens. Right. Um, super excited to see that. Um, really excited to see how this last little merge thing goes. Um, 
it'll be a little different. Uh, very similar to when we covered uh, Scotty Survivor. You know, they started the game Survivor pretty much in quarantine. Like, mm -hmm. uh, they had a lot of um, virtual things and then shifted to more in-person things when uh, restrictions opened up again. So it's really interesting to see the different games go through this phase, of course. Um, interesting is probably not the right word going through a <laughs> pandemic. But just really nice to see how uh, Survivor really helps people in this time. And um, besides Animal Crossing, like, <laughs> that's really, like, what you got. Right. Um, um, it's a weird stopping point, but we really are at this point of Owen's on edge. Um, Carson's on edge. We don't know where we're going to go. Carson, you brought up a question you had for Aaron and I about like the finals. I did. Well, I, I, I'm curious who you think wins this thing, but I'm also curious who you think outside of the Illegal Eight places the best. Um, because I, I just think that's an uh, interesting question. Um, and I'm, I just wanted to know the answer. So outside of the eight. Um... I suppose also inside of the eight, who places mm. the best? Because I'm not going to tell you if it's someone from the eight that wins or not. So outside um, yeah. of the eight right now, we have Ashley, Gus, Jake, and Greta. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Owen. No, oh, he's oh yeah, and I guess Owen. Oh, and on the edge, but. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Ashley. We gave her a lot of love this episode, so I'm just going to give some more. So. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting. See, I see. I don't Ashley. think she's winning, but I think she might be like a good like a final two, kind of final three. Kind I feel of like if the, if the eight now the seven wants to bring themselves back together after this Carson thing, because like I I don't know that that's gonna happen. Because I will say, watching this tribal, watching Matt's face was the best part of this tribal. <laughs> <laughs> it was hysterical, and I feel yeah. like it reflected a lot of what the audience was doing too. Um, but. I don't know if they're going to be able to come back together, but if they want to try that, I feel like Ashley might be the most expendable one outside of the eight because she was really just connected to Carson and now Matt kind of, but like he already said, he doesn't really feel that attached to her. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Greta super connected with some powerful people in the eight. Even Jake has some like fairly solid connections in there. I feel like Gus is making it week by week by the skin of his teeth. And I'm, I love it. I love having him around, but I feel like he's not long for it. So I think it's between Greta and Jake. And I'm going to go with Greta because I feel like she has better reads hmm. than Jake does. All right. So the second part to Carson's question in the eight. Yeah, in the eight, who's going deepest? I'm going to vote for Carson here. Carson, best of luck to you on the edge. I think, you know, you're going to have some people that are trying to try to, like, spoon you over, thinking you're going to come back into the game. So perhaps you're going to get extra fire tokens. And then you're going to get further into the game because of it. I love the confidence. I'll That's a hot take. I'm I'll loving take. these bold takes from you, Dustin. I think... I would have said Amos if Carson was still in because he was such a good shield for him. But I feel like now Amos has lost his shield. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Charlotte could be in a really good position because I don't think anybody is targeting her anytime soon. I think everybody else's name is kind of either at the forefront or 
not really at the forefront, but because they're not doing anything. Sorry, Sammy, but like, I just like she's not really. You can put me in that boat too, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. I'm very self-critical, and I know that like up until this point, I wasn't like I was kind of coasting on Carson's coattails. Right. Yeah. In the eight, you didn't really have to do all that. Like you could be doing stuff if you want to be like Carson, but if you want to keep a low profile, you can kind of get away with it till this point. Right. And now you've got to come out. And unless you guys connect with everybody, like everybody, if everybody that was just blindsided within the eight connects with everybody from outside of the eight, then that could make something happen. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that could be cool. Because we all know who those people are. They're going to know the people that pretty much backstab them. They're going right. to be like, we got to go to these free agents. We got to get them aboard now. So Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Matt's face at Tribal was a face of, I'm about to have to make some shit happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was pretty much, I mean, not to spoil my reaction, but it was pretty much like all hands on deck worst case scenario post this vote like Mm -hmm. i I just really knew that i was in a bad position if i didn't do anything to change it Mm -hmm. there's your tease for the next episode i guess (laughs) and speaking of the next episode uh survivor northwestern airs uh this upcoming thursday i think seven central time um also bad at spelling also bad at time zones so i do (laughs) think that equates to 8 p.m eastern standard time yes uh thursday is a busy night for live reality games we have like uh penthouse normally goes on um ascendance goes on so there's a few things but of course that's what youtube's for and youtube is probably pretty much what you're watching on right now so make sure you hit that subscribe button if you can awesome if not that means you're already subscribed so don't hit that button again so one time (laughs) is fine uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Carson, for being here to wrap things up. Aaron, thank you for joining our team. I can't wait to hang out with you some more. Talk a little bit about Michigan. Talk some about uh, Northwestern, and we'll see what to go from there. Until next Monday, folks, we will be bringing you another update and have some special guests, so on and so forth. Um, until then, have a great night, and thanks for tuning in. <laughs>